0: This is the Dandelion Roots podcast with brain injury survivor Isabella and her service dog, Mr. Figgles. Reconnecting to the world by deepening our roots into the soil of life, emerging from the darkness and blooming into the light. Our episodes will center around real-life experiences on this healing journey of self-discovery with chit-chat over a cup of tea, deep insights, and performance poetry to bring hope and understanding to the deeper corners of the mind for all those who are struggling, regardless of their why. So join us for a sense of community on this journey into a new life. Hello, all my ghosty and ghouly friends out there. I am recording this podcast October 30th at 2.30 in the morning, under a full moon. At the very least, the beginning of the podcast will be recorded at this time. I think I'll have to wait for the sunshine across the hills to record the poetry part since I will be reading from my journal on that aspect. So today's podcast, we're going to be talking about ghosties. And some of the ghosties are metaphorical and some of the ghosties are not. And coming to a realization that sometimes the biggest ghostie you can face is yourself. The ghost in your own machine, so to speak, of your human body. We're going to be touching on subjects today that are going to be considered controversial with the traditional medical industry. So we are going to preface this entire podcast with this fabulous little legal disclaimer that states, I am not a licensed physician. I am not a licensed mental health therapist or a psychiatrist. I am not a nurse, although I do have a two-year degree as a medical assistant that took me 10 years worth of science courses, pre-med courses, sociology courses, and language and communication courses as I went through my life as a professional student and raising my little tiny ghosties. Um, so I do hold that, which had a huge emphasis on patient education. Even with that, to state that what I'm going to talk about today is first and foremostly from my personal experience, friend to friend, shall we say. So if you do have questions regarding a very specific health issue for yourself or loved ones, do make sure that you are talking with a licensed physician. If you don't feel that you can have those conversations with the physician you have now, you do have the freedom of finding a new physician that you believe will address your issues. If you need to talk with someone regarding specific nutritional and dietary changes, there are many specialists out there. There are nutritionalists, there are vitamin experts. Um, You've got your functional medicine doctors, which are fabulous, by the way. And so there are resources in the world for you to Google, Google is a wonderful place to find out what you have in your area. Okay, so that is our legal disclaimer for today, and we're going to start out with the heavier conversations. We're going to end it with the uh, performance poetry, um, and of course, to bring us back up into the light after you know being weighed down a little bit, let go of some of those buoys on the hot air balloon. Uh we'll end today with a power song, and that power song uh while it was written uh for me by me, gifted to me, however verbiage you wanna use, utilize um it is also a template for you to write your own power song, so keep that in mind that you can go through and you can put in the names of your own guides or your own animals or I mean your pets, you know um ancestors you know your your own deities you can use it as a template to create your own power song okay so let's go ahead and start and start today's podcast so the first thing i want to talk about today and this is very important to me because the personal experience that i had on this subject was insanely crazy and beyond life altering and it was such such a simple simple fix in symptoms and decline of cognitive and physical function and that fix was just making sure that I was getting the proper proper formulation of a nutritional supplement So that's the first experience I want to share with you today. I want to make sure I don't forget about it or to include it um, because it has been so life-altering. So this particular deficiency um, is in our vitamin Bs, specifically our B12 and our folate. Um, Just so you understand a little bit of the process, how your vitamin Bs work in the body. So you eat your food, and your body says, "Oh, let's extract, extract out all the little B vitamins, those little B ghosties, shall we say, and transport them over to the liver." And the liver says, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna u- take you guys, and we're gonna formulate you into a coenzyme, a methylated enzyme, that the body can then use to heal." tissues, to heal at the cellular level, at the level of DNA, to make sure that our blood volume is correct, to make sure that our nerves are being repaired, that our muscles are being repaired, that our brain and cognitive abilities can function the way that we need them to function, to not just survive life, but to live life, to thrive on life. And this is so, so important. In the United States, especially our food that we are eating, the nutrient level of that food has become so unbelievably low. Our soils are depleted. Um, We cannot get around vitamin supplementation of some kind, nutrient supplementation. We cannot get around it. And really what it comes down to for you specifically is working with a qualified specialist um, to make sure you're getting what you need in the formula in the way that you need it. So my B12 deficiency came through all of those injuries that I've had over the last seven years. And because everything was so back-to-back, every couple of years there was a new major injury um, for my body. It was a major. And because of that, my B12 stores in the liver because your liver will also store some extra for in case of emergencies um, or not having it available in your environment. So all of those injuries... You know, my body had to repair tissue, it had to repair bone, it had to repair nerves, uh, muscles had to relearn how to function, brain injury, and I used up all the stores that I had, if I really had enough to begin with. Because of the fall down the stairs five years ago, I landed on my liver, and I've had liver pain ever since that. Um... It was not something that was ever really truly addressed by my physicians. It was kind of noted in my record. Well, let's check your liver enzymes. And then that's as far as it went. And your liver does a lot more than, well, let's just check your liver enzymes. You know, it's it's turning vitamins into coenzymes that your body can use. It's storing them. It's storing extra glucose in case of fight or flight emergencies. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff going on there with your liver. So you it needs to be more than just having the enzymes checked. There's a lot of little extra intricacies in there that need to be monitored as well. And of course, my enzymes came back elevated and they were elevated all those years during all those injuries. And it was just noted in my file. Oh well, it's not severe enough for us to do anything about. We'll keep an eye on it. You know, has anyone talked to you about fatty liver disease? No. Okay. Well, I'm not going to talk to you about it. Talk to you about it either. Then, that was the attitude that I got, um, that I've had for all these years. And whether it's a genetic factor that my body wasn't um, methylating out my B12 vitamins so that my body could utilize them, or if it was due to the injury, or if it was due to having so many family members becoming alcoholics and drug addicts over the years that it altered the DNA strands by the time they got to me. There's a lot of different factors that could be taken into consideration as to why your body's not absorbing or utilizing your B vitamins properly. So I want to talk about my experience of what those deficits looked like. I have not talked to anyone in my life, really, besides my husband and my children, about what these deficits looked like. Now that I'm receiving proper supplementation of a methylated B12 and folate allergy-free supplement, um, I have regained a significant level of cognitive function. It's not perfect. There's still a lot of injury deficits, depletion deficits. Um, But I am definitely not where I had been living for the last two years inside my own mind. Um, Today's poetry will definitely reflect that. And it was scary you know, it was very, very scary. Um, My cognitive decline every year for the past several years since that second leg break, that second fall, um, have been monstrous. And over the last year had been very, very quick. I thought I was going to have to give up everything that I had built. You know, I had planned ahead for when I reached this age of mid 40s, late 40s, early 50s. And I created this beautiful wellness company that I was going to get to the point where this is when it was going to thrive and this is when everything was going to finally come together. And this was my nest egg for me. With the changes, I honestly thought that I was going to end up drooling in a corner somewhere. Not cognitive of my surroundings or barely at all. This is where I thought my life was going to end up within the next 365 days. That is how severe my deficiency was for my vitamin Bs. And the amount of nerve pain that I've had to live with and push past and push through to be able to take care of my own clients, that nerve pain was to a point where I could no longer function, where I could no longer push through, where I could no longer see the light at the end of the tunnel, shall we say. And I got to the point where my mental health therapy visits had to be increased to every single week. And it's a really hard thing to say out loud. It's a really hard thing. Because who needs that, right? Who needs that? Um, Well, if you have a severe B12 deficiency, you will need that. So many people were so quick with this thinking of, well, let's throw an antidepressant at that, a pill at that. If my body could tolerate that type of medication, I would probably honestly believe that I would be dead by now due to that vitamin deficiency because it would have been masked over and nobody would have taken me seriously. I mean, I was having a really hard time getting people to take me seriously as it was but they look at a diagnosis like that they look at medication like that and all of a sudden everything that you have to say about your own body about your own state of being and living gets thrown right out the window cuz what do you know and this is me i was trained how to navigate the healthcare system you know my skin is whiter than that of my ancestors so i thought why why is this so hard my insurance coverage is fantastic. (laughs) I couldn't get the care to save my life. Literally. I envisioned uh, these funny scenarios like there's, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the comic strip, Far Side from when I was growing up in the 90s. And I could see a Far Side cartoon of all these doctors standing around me. And there I am, dead, on the floor, in the middle of them. And then saying, well, I don't understand what happened. Her labs looked okay. She'll get up any minute now she's going to get up, you know. That they are just standing around and watching me die. Because that's where today's modern medicine is at. They look at all these numbers on a sheet of paper. They do not look at the patient. They do not look at what is standing in front of them. It just isn't done. And the only thing, there's so many things that I could say. The point being is I was on the verge of losing absolutely nothing everything because my doctors could not accurately diagnose a B12 deficiency and even if they had diagnosed it what they've given me all those B12 shots those wouldn't have done anything because they're not methylated my liver still wouldn't have done anything i'm going to take a nice deep breath in right now Exhale and let that out. And if this part of the podcast has riled up your bile and your inner rage, take a nice deep breath too. (laughs) So this is why it's so important that you have to listen to your body and that you really need to not mask over your symptoms. You need to communicate clearly with your health care providers. I have to take responsibility in my part on that. I was so ashamed, so ashamed of where my function had gone, of where my mental health had gone, that I left out key components when talking with my physicians. I did. I didn't want anyone to know how far my cognitive state and my mental health had slid until it became so absolutely irrevocably clear that if I didn't, I would lose everything. So I am going to take responsibility for that part because we cannot feel ashamed when we need to ask for help and if we do feel ashamed then we need to work through that because that is a huge ghosty barrier between you and your care okay so that is what I have to say on that subject if you are feeling depressed, if you've had lots of injuries back to back to back, if your body doesn't feel like it can go anymore, if you feel so exhausted that going to sleep at night terrifies you because you might die. If that's your biggest fear is you might die in your sleep. If you are worried that... Your loved ones might be trying to poison you or that people are trying to poison your food. These are the things to look for when it comes to a B12 deficiency. You know, we hear about, oh, vitamins, 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 right? And we think, oh, yeah, what do vitamins do? This is what vitamins do. Vitamins make sure That we are able to function and live and thrive. We cannot live without our vitamins. So figure it out one way or another. Get professional help if you need to. See a specialist. But as we come into winter, especially in the northern climates, you know, I'm in Colorado, so we got our first snow yesterday And that's going to affect vitamin D levels. High altitudes are automatically low vitamin D levels. Um, We're going to see a lot more of SAD. You know, the seasonal affective disorder, I believe, is the long words for that. And as we come into this, and to a certain extent, loss of community, as the snow has us all wrapped up warm and snugly in our own homes and not in community lodges or longhouses as many um, of our indigenous ancestors would have had. That we need to find other ways to bring community in. We need to make sure that nutritionally we are not deficient. We need to make sure our vitamins are where they're at and that we're supplemented properly for us as individuals. Um it is so so important. I cannot express enough how this is your life. And you only get one. Okay, on to the next subject. So, in that last piece of the episode, I forgot to give a shout out to all the functional medicine doctors. Um That out there keeping the world as healthy as possible and understanding that it's not just about looking at the numbers on the page, that it is about looking at the person in front of you, the patient in front of you. Can they function? Can they live their lives? And so I have so much gratitude and so much thanks for the functional medicine neurologist That I had found and I found her right before she decided to leave the practice that she was a part of. She's going on to do teachings and lead retreats and become a functional medicine neurologist on her own terms, you know, teaching people yoga and vitamin supplementation and educating us about how our brain and our bodies work together and in having to leave that practice because even I know that that model is not part of our traditional modern medicine structure. And so without her, goddess only knows where I would be. What corner would I be drooling in? Um, she got me on track with proper supplementation of my methylated B12 vitamin and folate she's getting me on the right path with my electrolyte balance um you know i'd seen a cardiologist and they're like oh your electrolytes are imbalanced you have pots uh and you have to hydrate you know excessively where they they called it something very specific um aggressive hydration but not too much to dilute out your electrolytes. Um, but I really wasn't told how to do it. I was told that I needed to do it, but I wasn't told how to do it. And my functional medicine neurologist taught me how to do it. Um, I've relied on podcasts to teach me how to do it because our medical model didn't provide that key component. Oh, do this, do that, but we're not going to tell you how. Um, So I really want to express my gratitude. And you know, for those of you who have been listening to me on a regular basis since the initial head injury seven years ago, you're going to listen to this podcast and you're going to be like, oh my God, there she is. You are going to be able to see the difference, my communication, my functionality, my word structure, the speed of my speech. Go back to the beginning. Listen to some of those podcasts and then come back to here. And while yes, I had a brain injury, and yes, that affected a lot of things, how much faster would that recovery have been with proper supplementation, with proper, proper electrolyte balance, with proper physical therapies? So there's some food for thought on that one. So if you're newly coming into a brain injury, take this information and Go find a functional doctor, a functional medicine doctor, a functional neurologist, a headache specialist, a migraine specialist. These are the people who are going to guide you properly through what you need specifically for your care, functional medicine doctors. Okay, so there's my shout out, my gratitude moment, and on to the next portion. It is now three twenty-six a.m. I am starting to feel my ability uh, to communicate is waning <laughs> under this full moon, so um, I'm going to start talking about the difference between healing and today's modern medicine, and then I'll probably have to pause that and come back as a later later this morning after breakfast. Um, but so okay. So I'm going back through all my old trainings, right? Because I've got my supplement now and I'm starting to get my cognitive function back. I can read again. I'm writing again, like really writing. Like I've been asked to write books. Crazy. I know. If you'd gone back to my previous podcast, you've been like, what? She's going to maybe write a book. That's going to be a long process. That is not going to be instant whatsoever but you know, I'm getting, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm doing okay. Right. So I'm going back through all of my old books from when I did my training as a Yusu Reiki master teacher. Got to have that fun, fantastic label in there. Uh, side note is my mother hated labels. She would have been like, that's just putting you in a box, just putting you in a box. We're going to use some labels today, mom. We love you. Um, So I'm going back through my old books. And I came across this one. And this is uh, the legal disclaimer put in a book on Reiki. This is Essential Reiki, A Complete Guide to an Ancient Healing Art by Diane Stein. She has a lot of fabulous books, by the way. And this disclaimer talks about the difference between healing and medicine. And it says quote, healing and medicine are two very different disciplines, and the law requires the following disclaimer. The information in this book is not medicine, but healing, and does not constitute medical advice. In case of serious illness, consult the practitioner of your choice. End quote. And I really like that because I had not really thought about the difference between healing and medicine. To me it was all was all the same thing or it was supposed to be all the same thing. And in this journey of recognizing that there today especially there is a difference between healing and modern medicine. And I really feel like this is exemplified in the book. It's another book by Diane Stein. You can tell who my author is for this month. Um, All Women Are Healers, A Comprehensive Guide to Natural Healing. She had this book published back in 1990. I found a first edition book. Um, 1990 is when I was my freshman year of high school. Freshman year? No. That was 1990. I was in the eighth grade. And so she published this book. And it really goes into depth on how women's health and women's healing, um, how that was lost to the Inquisition. And how during that time period, she goes through some statistics um, about how four million women, if I have my number correct, four million women were massacred so that the power of the time we're not going to label what the power of that time was. There's a lot of healing that needs to be involved with that. So we're just going to say the power of that time that didn't like matriarchal society that wanted to usurp matriarchal society. The only way to do that was to essentially destroy the women and the structure of the matriarchies and Um, With this book, I've learned that so much of that structure fell within the women's system of healing. That was the center of matriarchy society was women as healers. And it's hard to read those statistics. You know, I mean, that's that's a massacre. That's not like, hey, we've decided, you know, We're going to have a little war and we've decided that we're going to label you witches because it's easier to get people behind us and behind our banner if we paint you as being evil and, um, subversive, um, as we, if we paint you as quote unquote the other, you know, that quote unquote witch, that witch in the woods mentality, um, you know, something to be feared, something that's evil, something that's not looking at it as this is primal, this is this is all-inclusive care, this is, we know the medicine of the human body, specifically the women, the woman's body through cycles of birth and through cycles of um, starting menstrual cycles and going through motherhood, um, going you know through menopause and all these basic basic things that women cannot find healing for in our traditional healthcare model in the united states at least i can't speak for other countries i can only speak to my experience in the united states this care is crap um you know i've been learning more about women's history And not that I haven't been learning this whole time of my 46 years on earth. You know, it's amazing that no matter how much you learn, there's always still so much more to learn, so many more intricacies and depth and nuances. Um, So you have to keep going back through everything. But so I'm going back through, (coughs) excuse me voice box is going. Um, I've been going back through care. I've been going back through uh, women's health issues. I've been going back through the history of women. You know, when did all that start? When did we lose contact with our bodies, with our most primal selves, with our Ability to live within our body fully and to fully understand its process. And we haven't been able to do that as women since the Inquisitions, since we were massacred, since our gender was massacred, so that some other controlling entity could come in and control us, essentially to take us over as a people, as not just a gender construct, but as a people. They came in and they destroyed everything that represented women and women's health and women's power. You know, my sociology classes between... excuse me, um, between Pikes Peak Community College and UCCS, um, those sociology courses in learning that if you want to go into and war on a culture to take their land, to take their resources, um, to take their people, you do this through starvation. You do this through erasing their culture and their identity. You, they, you do this through um, essentially obliterating any sense of self, any sense of connection to the greater culture, the greater people, the greater purpose. And this is what was done during the Inquisition. And this conversation is so important right now at this time of year on October 30th um, as we are coming into what is considered to be the witch's time and we have these images of witch's faces you know green faces oversized noses distended jaws hunched over figures and this figure that has been so commercialized this represents the torture the torture because it was nothing less than torture of what women endured during those trials of the Inquisition to prove to the community at large that women were less than, that women weren't worth anything, that they could be killed in the street. And it was perfectly okay because they were evil, because they were witches. And going back through that history over this last week, You know, my first thought was, they weren't witches. They were women and they were healers. And they were midwives and they were our medicine people. And what the Inquisition, and what that massacre did, if anything, was to create witches today. And, oh, that's going to be a controversial statement, I'm sure, for a lot of people. And every time that women stand up for themselves, whether it's reproductive rights, healthcare rights, um, owning property, our ability to vote, we are constantly shamed for not knowing our place in society. I had a friend tell me that um, one of our government officials that has been elected into place went out and made a public statement um, this year about how it is a woman's duty, an American woman's duty to provide children for our country. And this is why they repealed Roe v.ersus Wade, that we had no business going out and having abortions because it was our duty to bear life for our nation. I'm not going to get into naming names in this podcast. Google it. Google is a wonderful resource for a lot of things. Um, but it's this thinking, it's this way of thinking that women are still witches, women are still bitches, that we don't deserve what we ask for, what we demand for, which is so simple. it's civil rights, it's human rights, it's humane rights. It's the right to heal, to heal our bodies, not just go in and cut out uteruses and ovaries that were perfectly healthy, because it's more convenient than going through menopause, or because our doctors don't want to admit they don't know what's wrong with us, and when our uterus starts to manifest that disease in the body that it's telling us you need to heal your body. First thing doctors want to do is, oh, well, this is cancer, so we're going to remove everything. We can't really tell you if it's cancer until we remove everything, and then we'll tell you if you're okay. They don't even begin to describe what it does to a woman's body to have her uterus and ovaries removed, what it does to her overall health the function of the uterus. And I think a lot of it is that they don't even understand. They don't. Modern medicine does not understand the complete function of the uterus. Although I've been reading books where they talk about how gynecologists are originally trained on how to manage all of that through nutrition and lifestyle changes. But you go in and you see a, a gynecologist today, and I'm not going to say all of them, because I did find one in my area that this was not their first method of treatment, but it is highly popular in the gynecological community. I got those words out right. To remove first and ask questions later, to remove the uterus and the ovaries first, and then figure out what's wrong. And that is so backwards. It is so unbelievably backwards. So I really encourage all of you as we're coming into the witches' hour, the witches' time of year, to go back through and relearn women's history, to really relearn women's history and the gender side that occurred. And how powers that be would still mask that gender side, that massacre by making us evil, by making us less than. And that is not okay. It is not okay at all. And if we want to find healing as women, that we are going to need to return to the healing ways. We're going to need to return to learning energy work. We're going to need to relearn the nuances of how the uterus functions in the body, especially in women's health care. That we are going to need to relearn how to use minerals, how to use nutrition, how to use lifestyle changes, And to heal ourselves, not just on a physical level, but on a spiritual level, on the emotional level. For women, these all tie in to the same function in our healing, in our body's ability to function properly. As women... Our ability to give birth through the uterus doesn't stop with a human baby. We have the ability to manifest life. We have the ability to manifest ideas. You know, go back through the books of Diane Stein. Go through the books of Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Oh my goodness. She was the first rung of my ladder to reclaiming who I am as a woman. You know, find the functional medicine doctor that works with you and not against you. But we still have to return to our old ways of healing. We have to relearn the plants of the earth We have to relearn how to work with the earth, how to grow from the earth. This is the only way women are going to find healing. This is the only way that women are going to thrive. We cannot cut ourselves up into the little tiny pieces. I am not the first person to say this. I am reiterating it. I am reminding you. There's a wealth of material, beautiful authors. I've given you the names of a few, just a few. You know, we have the ability to attend college now and to be educated, to receive grants. And while so much of women's life is still in the dark ages, is still in the medieval era, when it comes to our quote-unquote modern medicine techniques, I had found um, an article about how the tools of women's health care and gynecology have not changed since the times of medieval torture. That a lot of the tools that are being utilized in women's health care are the same exact methods they used to torture women to get them to confess, to consorting with the quote-unquote devil, the personification of evil. These are the tools they're using in women's health care today, 2023. How many years have passed? Shouldn't we be beyond this now? Shouldn't it be better and I would love to say, let's go and let's challenge our doctors. I've spent years challenging my doctors. You can go and ask any one of them. I was a very challenging patient. Um, <clears throat> But it's our life as women. It's our function. It's our ability to thrive. And the powers that be, they don't want us thriving. Because if we thrive, then we can protest. If we're not focused on our hair and our makeup and our clothes and our plastic surgery and feeling like shit about ourselves, well, we can't protest. Did you know that the pockets that are like non-existent in women's clothes originally started out so that we couldn't hide protesting pamphlets in our skirts and in our pants to hand out to our other women friends? in our community, and our neighbors, that's why we don't have clothes in women's fat, or That's why we don't have pockets in women's fashion. You know, if we are so focused on how can I be better than the woman next to me, this whole competition, 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 then we can't come together. We can't come together and we can't demand change. And I would like to say if we came together and we demanded that change, it would happen. That is not a guarantee. I'm not saying that we still don't need to do it. What I am saying is that is not a guarantee. And the only thing that is a guarantee is that in coming together in community, we remember to each do our own individual work, to work through our traumas with our mental health care providers, with our clergy members, to become health care providers, to become clergy members, to become educated, to become doctors. You know, we don't have the same barriers for our education that we used to have when our healing was originally stolen from us. Because that's exactly what it was. It was stolen from us as women. Our ability to take care of ourselves, take care of our sister, our mothers, our grandmothers, it was stolen. And this makes me think of my own mother. You know, officially, officially, she died from COVID. But COVID is just the last step of what killed her. It's just the very it was just the very, very last step. That was it. Um, with my own experience this last year and looking at how, how my mother had been in behavior and symptoms since her 30s. Since her 30s, which means it was probably there in her 20s too. Um, but since her 30s, because that's what I really remember seeing it. Although if I go back into memories, there are memories where it surfaces and I'm in first grade. So Obviously, this wasn't something that just cropped up in her 30s. This was a lifelong challenge for her. But she had a lot of symptoms of very severe B12 deficiency. And her doctors didn't pay any heed to her either. And she had injuries and she had surgeries and she had a multitude of things to heal from. And she was so fed up that she left the tradition modern or the modern medical model altogether. She lost so much hope. She left it altogether. She had health conditions that she should have been taking medication for. She was severely hypothyroid. Um her doctor wouldn't treat her for it. And she was terrified that she'd get hooked on pills and Oh, it would be the end of the world, it would be the apocalypse, and then where would she be? She wouldn't have the pills she became dependent upon. But then she also didn't take the steps necessary to heal her thyroid naturally either. And that compromised her heart function, it compromised her lung function, her body. B, vitamin B12 deficiency also compromised her heart function and her lung function. It compromised her mental health. It made her so paranoid in doomsday scenarios that in so many ways she lost her sense of self and purpose for living. Now she made sure she was very involved in our community. She took care of, um, these beautiful, you know, her beautiful neighbors. And I guess there was, um, a house of, a house of, um, elderly nuns. Um, I like to affectionately call them my mother's little ladies. I don't know how they would perceive that comment, but, um, you know, she made sure they were taken care of and, She spent a lot of time doing that, and that was how she moved forward in life, but she didn't take care of her physical body. She worked on her spiritual body, and she worked on her emotional body the best she could, and now understanding what it feels like to have those deficiencies, I understand the struggle of what she had to do on a daily basis just to get out of bed, just to stay alive, to barely exist and she put herself in service of others. And anyone who knew her and knows me and is listening to this podcast right now would be shocked to hear what I have to say. And it's the same kind of shock that happens when you find out that that person that was always happy and never sad and always upbeat and always optimistic committed suicide. It's that same level of shock because I really believe that that's what happened to my mother. It was a form of suicide. And even with all my training, because of my own deficits, that nobody caught um, during the height of those deficits, in so many ways, I feel like I failed her because I could not see it. I didn't understand what was happening to her and she was refusing medical care. And I went and I looked to see, you know, the recourses that I can take for this. And because she wasn't old enough to be considered a threat to herself, the changes that she made were considered quote unquote lifestyle changes. (laughs) I didn't have a legal recourse. There wasn't anything, and she wasn't, she wasn't listening to me. Her lack of proper nutrition and medical care is what allowed COVID to kill her. It is what allowed COVID to take her last breath from this earth, but it was only the last step of the process, and we cannot ignore how she got to that last step. And she is not the only woman who is fighting this battle. She is not the only woman who has lost this battle. And even though everything before this, because of the way I was raised my entire life, rebelling against how women have been treated. I was, I mean, I created, I structured my entire wellness business with my clients around women's empowerment. And after seeing what happened to my mother, understanding now more fully how she got there, it makes my voice stronger. It makes my voice want to be louder, shouting even because this is the struggle that every woman endures every day because our healing modalities were stolen from us during that horrible, horrible time in human history where four million women were massacred. Four million. We have a moment of silence during our witching hour for all of our beautiful sisters and mothers, grandmothers, aunts, daughters, nieces, granddaughters who were massacred just so somebody else could gain power over. Take a nice deep breath in a nice deep breath in, and we're just going to have a moment of silence, because the history of those women, it is our history, it is our intergenerational trauma of every woman, because this didn't just happen on one continent, it happened across the world. It is now almost 4 a.m. And I can definitely feel that my uh, tea and cookie snack at one thirty is wearing off. <laughs> <clears throat> and we've been talking about this particular subject matter for the last 30 minutes. And, oh, I'm sure I could fill a six-hour lecture hall with this information. But um, this is where we're going to... Take that nice deep breath in. And we're going to recognize this is something that women are still taught to be ashamed of. Is our own power and our own ability to heal ourselves and our communities. And I'm encouraging all the women out there and everyone who supports women. Because this is a joint effort We cannot do this alone. I don't care how many people say women can do this alone because we can't. We need help from everyone else in the world who supports us. We need help to accomplish this and to make these changes permanent. We need encouragement. So I'm not just telling you to go out to do it. I'm going to give you the how to do it, okay? We need encouragement from our spouses, from our children, from our fathers, from our grandfathers, from our uncles. We need encouragement and empowerment from our ancestors. We need it from our descendants. We are the ancestors of tomorrow, and we need to frickin' act like it. We need to be something that our descendants can look back on and say, I am proud of them. This was the turning moment for when healing became accessible to everybody on the planet so that the modalities of women's healings came back to life and to thriving. I want my descendants to look back and say, this is my ancestor. This is the ancestor that I call upon when I need to feel empowered in my life but we need help doing this. We need encouragement. We need proper mental health therapy. I don't care what anybody says. We need it. It is integral. It is vital. We need spouses who aren't going to shame us for going to see a massage therapist or an energy practitioner. I'm not saying budgets may not be involved, but there is a difference between a budget being involved there's a difference between saying I value my ability to go see a movie or my ability to go out to dinner more than I value your health, more than I value your well-being. And there are a lot of spouses out there whose behaviors model exactly that. And I've seen a lot of spouses out there whose behaviors do not model that, whose behaviors come in and they're encouraging <clears throat> <clears throat> and they're saying, if you can't afford to see your massage therapist, I will help you pay for it. If you cannot drive yourself to your appointments, I will help drive you there, my husband included. Um, this is the level of help that we need. we need. We need people out there making laws that give women autonomy over their bodies and their well-being and their health care and their healing. We need women's healing methods to come back, but we need them to come back in a way that is affordable and not focused on consumerism and capitalism and how do I drain this person of their entire life savings <clears throat> and then not properly instruct them on the method. So we need to make sure we have more qualified teachers out there to teach Reiki healing, to talk about the use of minerals, to talk about the use of crystals and energies, which is not woo-woo. Go go look at your science, go look at um metaphysical sciences look at string theory sciences, look at what they're finding true to be the structure of the universe today, that we didn't have equipment to take those images. We didn't have the ability to see those things and we see it now. So this is not woo-woo. Science has proven all this. But we need instructors who can actually teach it properly. We need instructors. We need people to become teachers is what we need. Women need women need more teachers and we need to be instructed properly. We need to have financial access to that education. We need to have people help us create networks and communities for women. Without this Without these vital components, our world will not survive. There are so many powers in control, and they say that we don't need women to thrive. We do not need the earth to thrive. We do not need women's ability to create and manifest life to thrive as a race, as a species. Because I guess race isn't the right word, is it? As a species. As an integral component of this planet. And our current model is not sustainable. Women need to be supported. We need to be supported. We cannot be swept under the rug. We cannot be shamed for being women it is not fair it is not okay and this has been our struggle for thousands and thousands of years matriarchies have not existed since the beginning since the beginning of our history her story needs to be publicized we need the world to be better and we need to be more and we each have to start individually and come out into community. We need helpers to get past barriers between us and other women. Women were separated out, our sisters stolen from us, pitted against each other in competition and they use this through class. They used this through money. They used this through color. And they separated us out. They pitted us against each other and they destroyed our relationships and it destroyed our connections and it destroyed our healing. And there are still too many barriers between the differences, these constructed differences in women. And we need help tearing those barriers down through laws, through education, availability, through community. So go out into the world and be better, do better, and help heal the world by making sure that our women have the ability to heal themselves and others. The next piece of women's healing that I want to talk about is the importance of chiropractic care and massage therapy care. So these are some more action steps you can take um, to improve your healing as a woman. And these are really important. They're more important than you think. Um, as women, especially if you've given birth to children, uh, with having the uterus inside of our pelvis, it creates it creates structural components that are often overlooked in women's healthcare, and this comes down to the spine and the shape of the spine. Does it have all the right curves in all the right places? Um, There's a very specific curvature that you're supposed to have to different portions of your spine, and this is to be able so that when you're picking things up, your spine can support the weight. It is so when you're carrying a baby in your womb, your spine can support the weight. Your body can support the weight. We don't think about our spine that way. But when you go to pick something up, if you don't have proper curvatures in your spine, like the archway, you know, with that keystone piece and how it holds, you know, up a building in the archway, your archway will collapse. And that is the same for your spine and pelvis. Okay. And there's a lot of people um, who may not agree with that. I'm going to share a personal story so you can see the importance of it. Okay, so chiropractic care is really important, especially to get with a chiropractor who will do x-rays. Now you may have to kind of do your research a little bit. Um, Some chiropractors charge a lot of money for x-rays and other ones don't. So you're gonna have to kind of see what you have available in your area. It is extremely helpful if you have a chiropractor who sends out those films for a radiology report and that that radiology report is being done by someone who is familiar with chiropractic care, this is going to change the language in how they write up the report so that when a medical doctor goes to look at this report, they're going to be able to say, oh, that's what's wrong. Okay, okay. Because you could have that same x-ray and it'd be read by a radiologist who doesn't understand the true structural components of the spine in relation to chiropractic. And they're going to look at and they're going to say, oh, I don't understand what's wrong with you. It's fine. Um, you know, they may cite, you know, a little abnormality here or something within normal progression there, but it's, it's not the same. Trust me. It's not the same. So in previous part of this episode, we talked about, or I talked about, my vitamin B12 deficiency and the nerve pain that came with that and with proper supplementation, how a lot of that nerve pain was fixed. A portion of the nerve pain was fixed, not all of it. Um, one thing that I have not really made public is that for the last several years, um, especially through my whole left side... I felt as though I was being electrocuted by my own nervous system every single day from my brain and the side of my face into my jaw, my neck, my arm, all the way down through my chest, my rib cage, my hip, the left side of my pelvis, into my leg, and my all the way down to my pinky toe. Electrocution every single day. Um, I started to... Develop, oh yes, I have developed a full-body muscle spasm. Is what it looks like. It looks very daunting. I've had people in the grocery store take two steps back when they see it happen. Um, when people see it happen in public, no one is no. <laughs> I don't have the same issue with being confronted about. Well, why do you need a service dog? And is this really a service dog? They see that spasm and they're like, oh, okay. And yeah, so I'm not even approached in public anymore because that is how it looks. Okay, why is this important? This is important because when I had injuries from a fall down a staircase five years ago, nobody looked at my spine, not one person. The amount of pain in that recovery was excruciating. I could not get out of bed for the entire first month without assistance. I was bedridden. Um, I Obviously, my life was canceled out, right? There was no job. There was nothing. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't going anywhere. I had to army crawl to the bathroom, lift myself up to be able to use the toilet. Why is this important? This is important because during that fall, not one person looked at my spine. Not one person looked at my spine. That spine was fractured in two places. Same vertebrae, both sides, fractured. And herniations that were not there prior um, because I have been receiving chiropractic x-rays every so many years, we were able to go and look back and be like, no, this was not there before. Okay, so this is where my pain was coming from. I did not have conventional medical treatment for this injury because nobody knew it was there. I had never broken bones in my leg before and I assumed this was all related to that. I assumed, I assumed because everybody else assumed that my spine was okay. When you're a woman and you're going through childbirth, when you're going through injuries, um, whether you've fallen or you've been in car accidents or it's been at the hands of an abuser, you need to get your spine checked. You need to. I went five years without proper care for the damage to my spine. It is now permanent. The fractures did heal. They did heal. But... At the cost of losing bone in my teeth um, because I didn't know that they were there. Thank God I was supplementing for years, for as many times as I broke my leg. But, you know, the pain, I had been going to doctors for the last five years for the pain. You know, there's too much pain here. There's too much pain there. I don't understand what's wrong. And nobody connected the dots. Still nobody for a five-year period. Nobody, even though they knew about the fall and how many times I broke the same leg, nobody looked at my spine. Not one person. Um, this was outrageous is what it was. I endured. I endured for five years. Before I thought the pain was going to drive me insane, literally insane, unrecoverably insane. And I can't help but wonder how many other women are out there with significant injury to their bone structure, their nervous structure, their pelvic structure. A lot of the herniations I have are in the sacral vertebrae right behind my pelvis. So guess what I had a lot of pain with? my pelvis, my legs. I got checked for cancer. I got checked for blood clots. I got checked to make sure the arteries in my legs were functioning They were the, the way they were supposed to. I got checked for everything under the sun. I went to cardiology when my blood pressure was unstable. They diagnosed me with POTS. They said, you have a problem with your electrolytes. He said, I've never told anyone this before. You need to increase your salt because my blood pressure would plummet. It would plummet. My body couldn't sustain it when I was standing. And then my body was like, whoa, it's not supposed to be that low, would rev it right up really, 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 really high. And that came with its own set of complications. I went to every specialist under the sun. Um, Gynecology, the first gynecologist I wanted to go to, oh, this is cancer, it's cancer, let's do the most painful procedure possible. We're not even going to talk about pain meds that you're going to need for that procedure but we're going to do it and and then we're going to tell you whether or not you're dying but not one person looked at my spine i had to find a new chiropractor i had to pay out of pocket out of pocket. I have fabulous insurance, covers x-rays at 100%. I had to go to somebody outside the modern medical system. I had to pay cash for my x-rays because I did know enough to know that this was not okay. It had to be somewhere and we were going to find it. And that is when, that is when it was found. So I, uh, yes, I have proper supplementation. Now I have proper physical therapy care now, but the time lag in getting those proper treatments is going to live me with physical disabilities for the rest of my life. And you know, you're like, Oh my God, that's like awful. That's awful. But that isn't me. There there are a lot of women who suffer from a lot of things. Nobody is looking at how pelvic stability equates to blood pressure stability in a woman. For women whose blood pressure is too high or is too low. For women being diagnosed with POTS, especially after a fall or an injury, Nobody is looking at pelvic stability or at spinal stability in a woman and what it means for her overall health care. So if you're having a lot of problems and you know deep inside that those problems need an answer for you to be able to live life well, not just exist, not just survive, but to live life well, then you need to go and have your spine and pelvis checked. You know, we carry these babies, you know, and I carried twins in my second pregnancy. Twins. Phew, I was huge. I was huge. I'm not even five feet tall. I'm somewhere between four nine and 4'10, depending on the day of the shoes and the tape measurement. When we hold a baby in our pelvic bowl, when we're giving life, when we are manifesting life and growing this baby, You know, when I was pregnant with my twins, they told me a lot about, make sure you take your supplements because your body's going to find the nutrients somewhere and it's going to take it from you. If you're not eating it, it's going to take it out of your bones. If you're not eating it, it's going to take it away from your heart. If you're not eating it, it's going to take it away from your brain. So they were really, really drilling in just how much and how well I needed to be on nutrition. Now, this was year 2003 that I gave birth. So my prenatal care was in 2002 in southwest Florida. Loved the doctors in southwest Florida. They were very big on nutrition and lifestyle. Um, They understood a lot, or at least the doctors that I was blessed with understood a lot of how women heal and what is necessary for women to heal. And it was on this cusp and verge as things were changing in the area because it hadn't always been that way. But we carry these babies. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of pressure. They kick us. If your supplementation isn't right, if your nutrition isn't right, you know, it is drawing it out of your body. It's going to leave you at greater risk for fractures. Lumbar vertebrae love You know, when there's difficulties, um, from what I'm told, it's super common, which should have made my pain in recovery, like, non-existent, right? Super common for stress fractures in the spine. Um, I've encountered women after giving birth, and things are just off, and they're being told, oh, it's your hormones, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. I learned about the pelvic stability on accident. I was in so much pain from the new um, physical therapy regimen for my spinal injury. I was in so much pain that I dug through my closet until I found an old SI belt that I had got for something. And it's just a simple, you know, elastic strap with Velcro that goes around your hips or your low back. Um, It just kind of helps hold everything together. And I started using that. And when I started wearing that on a regular basis, my blood pressure stabilized. Blood pressure that hadn't been able to stabilize for years stabilized. It was no longer too low. It wasn't jumping up to be too high as a form of compensation of being too low. And that's when I realized that pelvic stability of the bone structure, you know, sometimes we need that extra little help. We need that extra little support. As I'm doing more of the physical therapy exercises, as I'm doing more of the specialized chiropractic care for my spinal injury, which means no twisting adjustments anywhere along my spine, we're utilizing what's called the Thompson method. Um, and so that's, that's utilizing stretching. Um, there's a special stretchy table, especially through my sacrum, um, has made a huge, huge difference. I came and begin to tell you how much nerve pain that this has relieved. Um, And the use of an activator to get the the muscles to release so the bones will release. So, you know, it's not like, it's not not those hard, twisting, pulling chiropractic adjustments that are out there. Um, It is effective. It gets things to move. You know, you do have to combine it with your own stretches at home and physical therapy. They use a drop table, but it works. It works. It works well for spinal injuries. Obviously, we can't make that a blanket statement for everybody. It worked very well for my spinal injuries and continues to work well at this time. I'm very, very grateful and feel very blessed for that. Because of this experience, I now know to be able, when I'm talking with my women clients, to be able to say, hey, you know, you need to go and you need to have xyz checked. Just have it checked just to be safe. Doesn't hurt to be safe. And you need to do some supporting, you know. But now that I've gotten to the point where I can do my physical therapy exercises without wearing the SI band, um I've been able to build up my muscle tone around these areas. Um, that were damaged and that has really helped to support these areas. So I don't have to wear the SI belt all day every day anymore. Um, If I notice I'm having a lot of issues with migraines and I check my blood pressure, my blood pressure is really low. And When I'm talking low, I'm talking like 90 over 50. Like it's low. Like it's the low blood pressure you see them going on and on about on the hospital shows on TV and everyone's in a panic that it's that low and nobody in the modern medical system has been in a panic that mine was that low for years. Um, So, you know, I put, I strap on that SI belt and lo and behold, my blood pressure comes up. You know, it may not, you know, suddenly, you know, be 115 over 75, which is my favorite numbers, but it goes up. And then guess what? My migraine symptoms lessen. So when we're talking about women with migraine, women with spinal injuries, women who have given birth, I can't help but wonder now how many of those symptoms and how much of that suffering is because of pelvic instability with the bones, the spine, the muscles. So if you find yourself in a place in life where, as a woman, you're having headaches all the time, especially if they start occurring right before and after childbirth. You know, your doctors are not going to look at your pelvic stability. Your doctors are not going to look at your spinal stability. You need to take control, and you need to find it out. You need to ask point blank, and you need to know. And if it's not great, then that just means that you can look somewhere else for that answer. We have to get to a point in our lives as women that we are no longer okay with just treating symptoms and just masking over symptoms with one layer of drug over another, over another, over another. It is not sustainable long-term. It isn't. You know, I had always wondered what would it be like if my body would tolerate the medications for migraines. We're coming into studies now that are showing that women who lived on migraine medicine are now getting rebound headaches, you know, for years, for decades. They're now getting rebound headaches. Most of their migraines now are being caused by the fact that they were on migraine medicine for so long. And now I'm like, oh, so I had to monitor mine through <clears throat> nutritional intake, electrolyte intake, fluid intake, uh, lifestyle changes, employment changes. I had to upend and and overhaul every aspect of my life to be able to live well with my, regardless, let's put it that way, to live well regardless of my disabilities. And, excuse me, sorry. Um you know, I had to make a lot of changes. And those are now the changes that doctors who have read the studies, because not all your doctors have read all the studies. Don't feel bad if you show up to your doctor's office with a printed handful of studies. You know, make sure they're scientific, make sure they're peer-reviewed, you know. um, But yeah, show up. Don't feel bad about showing up with the studies because most of the doctors aren't looking at them anyway. But the ones who are, the ones who are, are now trying to get women to make lifestyle changes. You need to not be a martyr. You need to make the other people in your life pull their own weight. You know, there's, you have to be able to relax. You have to be able to decompress. You have to be able to translate your emotional state in a way that's not going to harm you physically or spiritually or relationship-wise. You know what I'm talking about. That there is a way to live as a woman in woman's healing. You have to really take into account your pelvis and your spinal structure. So this is where your chiropractic care is really important. And it can't be any chiropractic care. You have to find the right one. So if you go into one, you don't like the vibe. You don't like the adjustment. you don't. It doesn't feel right for you. Go find another one. Don't feel bad about it. Yes, you might step on some toes, but don't feel bad about it because this is your function. This is your life. This is your life. We can't rely on other people to keep us alive and healthy and vibrant anymore. We can't rely on modern medicine to do this for us. Modern medicine was never designed to do this for us. As women, we have to rise up. We have to rise up. We have to take control of our own lives, of our own healing, of our own well-being. Nobody is going to do it for us. Patriarchal society, and I've worked so hard not to say that we're in this podcast. Um, the powers that be, let's put it that way. The powers that be that put women in the state that we are currently in. <clears throat> Those powers are not going to encourage us to get better. They're not going to encourage us to heal. Those powers stole our medicine as women. They stole our healing. They stole our modalities. And it's time for us to rise up and to take them back, to take back our own lives. And I feel like the witching hour for the year is the perfect time to talk about it, is the perfect time to bring awareness to it and to get our butts in gear. Winter coming through, especially if you're in a northern climate with snow, is a wonderful time to start going to your library, reading books, reading your Kindle books. If you can't get out of the house, if your disabilities prevent you from physically going to the library, a lot of libraries now do digital books that interface with your Kindle app, so you can do that. There's a lot of online classes you can take now that weren't there before in women's healing, classes on the pelvic structure, classes on um, how to heal with Reiki, classes on all the different pieces and components that were important, that are important and necessary in women's healing. It's at your fingertips now. Didn't used to be, certainly wasn't in the 90s, but it is now. There are no more excuses. It is time for us to take charge of us and to take charge of each other, to help when you see another woman struggling, to help her either with sharing a story that so she doesn't feel alone in her process, with helping her find adequate care, with pointing her in the right direction, with just offering friendship. We have to build that community between each other It is so unbelievably necessary. We have to do it. So I'm also going to talk about why massage therapy care is so important for women, okay? We can't go and start moving all those bones around with chiropractic care and not address the muscle tension, okay? Um, I worked in a chiropractor's office for years and years, worked in more than one, I managed the second one for a, a good portion of that time, and in all of that, I got a lot of extra training. The, um, that one chiropractor, she was, she's an interesting person. Put, put that at that. But I learned a lot. I learned more from her about spinal structure, nervous structure, body structure, and women's healing than I would say that I've probably learned from. Most of the mentors in my life who were supposed to be teaching me those kinds of things. And um, so she taught me, she's like, you know, we get the bones moved around, but then the muscles are tight and they just want to pull the bones back. Is that muscle memory, muscle memory. So our muscles get really tight and then the bones get pulled out of place. But now our muscles have been in been in that location for so long. Then when you go to move the bone back, your body is saying, oh, no, 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 that's not in the right place. It is in the right place. But the body has been out of place for so long that it can't tell the difference anymore. And so it pulls that bone right back out of place. It puts it in a dysfunctional state and it says, that belongs here. That belongs here. So you have to address the muscles. You have to address the nerves. You have to address the whole being of yourself, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So that includes your musculoskeletal system. It includes your organ function. But to come into the state where your whole being can adjust to a place of function and doesn't automatically assume, oh, that's not in the right spot. What are you doing with that? Okay? And you can think about it as PTSD. It's PTSD for your muscles and your skeletal systems. You know, it's all like, whoa, 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 why would you move that bone? (laughs) Why would you put that there? You know, it's a very dysfunctional way of looking at what reality is supposed to be, what reality is supposed to look like. And so we need the extra help. And as we're releasing muscles and as we're releasing vertebrae, this is why your mental health therapist is really important, you're going to be releasing memories of trauma. What pulled those bones out of place in the first place? Did it happen because you were abused by somebody? That's going to bring a whole mess to the surface, I can tell you what. So you need to work with your mental health therapist while you're going to your chiropractor, while you're getting your massages, while you're seeing an energy work practitioner. These are the modalities of women's healing. This is what is going to heal women. This is what is going to heal us. And I'm not saying that modern medicine doesn't have its place. You know, there are a lot of medications that are life-saving, and they're there for a reason. They need to be taken for a reason. But we can't do it Just that. We can't rely on just the pills. We can't rely on just the injections. It is not enough. Even your medical doctor for diabetes and hypothyroidism will tell you it is not enough. You have to make lifestyle changes. You have to make nutritional changes. You have to create more emotional stability. So, where medicine, modern medicine, is now coming in, and you have doctors acknowledging the fact. There's a gap there, and that pill is not going to fill it. You need the pill, but there's a gap, and you need something to fill that gap. And what I'm telling you is to fill that gap is chiropractic care, acupuncture care, massage therapy care, mental health therapy care. And I can tell you from experience, no, that whole onslaught of care, it's it's not cheap. Your insurance doesn't cover most of it. Um... A lot of insurances are covering acupuncture and chiropractic care now though. So check your policies, see what is being covered and what isn't. Where you're not where they're not covering um chiropractic and acupuncture, they should be covering at the very least physical therapy. Physical therapists now have the ability to do dry needling. Um, They can do manipulation adjustments of your bones and your spine. I think they have a different phrase for it for their licensing um, legalities, but it's essentially the same thing. So look at your insurance, see what your insurance will cover, work within the limitations of that, and then understand there is going to be a certain amount of cost to go outside of it. But this is your life. This is your life. This is your life. I am a Yusu Reiki practitioner, master teacher. Woohoo! Love the titles, so exciting. Um, we can never fully be a master of anything at any given time because, like I stated before, we're always learning, always learning. You can be doing something for 30 plus years and you're going to learn something new when you come across somebody else who's been doing something a little bit differently. And that's wonderful, because it means now you get to learn something new. So that that concept of master, it's really arbitrary, you know, if you want to look at it that way. But I have been in the forums online and on Facebook, and I've seen how they address Reiki in those forums. And they address Reiki like it's this all-end-all concept, you don't need modern medicine. No, you don't need that life-saving surgery. No, you don't you don't need. And this isn't every group, but I saw enough of it that I had to close out of several groups. You know, but everything, like they're just skipping over this component of modern medicine and you can't skip it. It is still needed for the parts that it values but it's not everything. Modern medicine isn't going to fill all the gaps. Chiropractic is not going to fill all the gaps. Massage therapy is not going to fill all the gaps. Um, Energy work, you see Reiki work is not going to fill all the gaps. All these pieces need to come together. They need to come together and work as in concert with each other, like the philharmonic These modalities of healing for women is like the Philharmonic and you need every single piece. You can't take the violins, you know, out of Philharmonic because now it's not going to sound right, right? It's the same concept with the body and the healing modalities that you choose to get your life back on track. So you can't just do one over the other. You have to do them in concert with each other. So this is where, you know... Doing your research comes in, you know, making sure that you have someone that's qualified for what they do. Try to find someone that's not super expensive but still qualified for what they do, and I know that can be hard, especially if you're living in areas where your um, availability and your access is, you know, limited. But to do your best and to try because this is how we are going to heal as women. This is how we are going to heal our communities This is how we're going to heal our nation and our world. And I know it seems super simple, but when you are fully functioning, when you are able to address more than surviving every single day, this is when women have the energy and the ability to build their communities and to outreach to others who have fallen through the cracks, to outreach to others who don't have the same inner resilience. You know, to get through everything that I've been through in the last seven years, I have had to rely so heavily on my UC Reiki work, on my massage therapy, my chiropractic therapy, I had acupuncture done. And that's what kept me going while we figured out the true cause while well, we figured out the reason for all the symptoms and not just layering it pain med upon pain med on top of it, not just layering NSAID and, and upon NSAID upon NSAID on top of it. <clears throat> thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness my body doesn't tolerate those kinds of medications because if it did, if it did, would we have ever found the cause? And if we never found the cause, what would my life look like now? Would I even have one? Because I can tell you, I remember. I remember those deepest, darkest moments during the recovery of all of that. When I was smack in the middle of it. I remember the comments that I was told by the medical industry. I remember the pain that I was in. And if we hadn't found the real reason, I wouldn't be functional to the point that I am. And I most certainly would not be able to give back to my community. I would not be able to speak up about what women need for healing. I would be sitting drooling in a corner or I would be under the ground. those It was getting to the point where those were my only two options. So when I say that we have to rise up and heal ourselves and each other, I mean it because I lived it and I know it. There was one last little piece that I wanted to talk about real quick. So, okay, so I guess as recap, As recap, because apparently that was 35 minutes of a lot of talking. So quick recap. When you have a lot of weird miscellaneous symptoms and migraines that have been living with you forever, go get your spine checked, get your pelvic stability checked. Do you have herniations? Do you have nodes? Do you have fractures? What needs to be fixed? Is it twisted? Do you have scoliosis? These are, these are questions that only an x-ray will provide answers for. And your x-ray will not show all of it. It will not. A CAT scan is the only real way to know what is going on or an MRI. And I know those can be out of reach for some people. So at the very least, an x-ray. Okay. So recap. We want to see what our spinal structure looks like. We want to check our pelvic stability, right? So, you know, get in there and doing your exercise and keeping those butt muscles strong, those glutes, that's going to really stabilize your pelvis. That's important. Um, You want to make sure that you have proper massage therapy care while you do your chiropractic. That is super important. keeps everything going in the right trajectory with fewer setbacks. And... You want to look into doing women's healing modalities or receiving, at the same time being careful of where you're going, who you're purchasing them from, and how much you're paying. Okay, and I think that pretty much about sums it up. If I missed anything, you can always go back and re-listen to this portion. And next up, we have our poetry reading for today followed by the power song. Thank you. webs we weave, by the moon's shining light, forever singing, forever spinning, tales of love, sorrow, glory, and fortune. But careful we must be to not get caught in the story of illusion as we spin. Spin, spin, spinning a delicate dance of the tiniest proportions, watching each step purposefully, a beautiful grand design of moonlit threads, a net cast wide overhead. The vibration of every thread linked to our dreaming within our beds, ready to sound the alarm if intruded upon as we weave our destinies within our dreams, heads tilted back to see the stars. Oh how high we must climb upon the tree to travel world upon world upon world. We must remember to hold our silver thread tight within our grasp, lest we are lost forever to the dreaming tree. Free floating from one adventure to the next, never returning home or awakening from rest. Oh, we must be careful the webs we weave, strong and brave, pure and true, by the moon shining light, we must return. From full to dark and back again, we spin, we spin, we spin. Bones shift, crackle and pop. Muscles strain to breaking points. Breathe in, one, two, three, breathe out crochet hook in the side lodged between ribs caught upon the diaphragm, weaving, 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 breathe in, one, two, three, breathe out. Full body spasm linked to spiders in the brain lodged deeply in my spine, creeping, calling, eight legs peeling back the meninges of my brain. Spinning, 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 peering, looking, watching, searching, but for what? I feel like a spell gone wrong, a potion rancid in the cauldron, a crack of bones and snap of muscle, of nerves, as the gristle lets go, a cry out in pain, yes, a cosmic experiment gone wrong, it must be. I've been assured by every quote-unquote witch doctor there is. You are fine. We can't find anything, so it must all be in your head. And the spiders laugh at them all the while picking through the layers of mine, nesting deep within my spine as my body is torn apart slowly, tortuously, My nerves snap like loose power lines, electrocution without a conduit. Oh, wait, that conduit is me. By what sadistic karmic forces are at play here? I cannot breathe, I cannot swallow. Bones constantly shifting and riddled with pain deep into their marrow. Muscles that refuse to lift up, and feet that are left behind on the floor as the rest of me raises. A scream cries out as my foot feels torn asunder from its leg bone. Doctor upon doctor upon doctor, standing in a circle around me, laughing and cackling, all chanting the same. It's all in her head, it's all in her head, it's all in her head, like a sadistic nursery rhyme recited by shadow children in a playground of ash with hands full of posies until I, fall down. I can see you. I can feel you within my mind's third eye. Humming, singing, picking, sprinkling. Herbal remedies, days gone by are you of my blood or just a helper passing by teach me what I need to learn to restore my body and save my soul from the torments and ravages of humankind I can see you I can feel you just out of step with my time not quite a shadow not quite here and not quite there we must create a space to meet between the lines so I can learn to nourish my body and feed my soul with the herbal remedies of days gone by, by dandelion roots and daisy chains, by a pinch of mugwort and a smidgen of vervain, by peppermint crowns and cinnamon sticks, orange peels and thorns of clove, by a sprinkle of salt laced with poppy, there is so much more I do not know so meet me in a sacred space of our making in between the lines I beseech thee to teach me let us hum and sing together for however long we need to be so that I may learn how to travel how to heal upon the dreaming tree I know we have covered a lot in this podcast and we have covered more in this podcast than I think that I have covered in any other podcast to date. And I give gratitude. I hold a space of gratitude for those of you who are listening and not giving up and taking control of your own lives and your own healing and rising up, rising up. So before we get to the power song for today, I have one more little sacred piece of chit chat for you. This is also not just saying, Hey, go out in the world and do this. This is giving you a way to do it. This is giving you a method. And this is something that I did with my children when they were toddlers. It's something that I've done for myself in working through my own traumas. And this is to build an altar to your fears. This is a perfect time of year to do that. We're in the witching hour of the year, All Hallows Eve Eve. You know, it's got, this time of year has many names. We have All Hallows Eve. Uh, I think there's an All Souls Day running around this week. We have Halloween, we have Samhain, we have the Day of the Dead. What I love about Samhain, um, which is essentially the Celtics' Day of the Dead, it resembles so closely to uh, Dia de los Muertos that the people could have been sister tribes. I mean, it is beautiful, 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 the honoring of the ancestors and the skulls of symbology. It's done in slightly different ways, But the spirit of it, the premise of it is there and I love it. Okay. So this is a perfect time of year as those veils become thin to non-existent between us and our ancestors, between us and the ghosties out in the world for us to build an altar to our fears. It is so, so simple. My children loved it. You can think of it as like going back to your elementary school days or high school days essentially building a diorama you can make it as simple as you would like you can make it as complicated as you would like you know it just depends upon your energy your capability the materials you have at hand or the ability to go out and purchase new materials so you're going to essentially create a diorama or you can set aside a table you know and you can put the items on that table and that table is left up through this portion of the year. And you're putting different things on there that symbolize your fears, that symbolize your trauma. So if you're scared of spiders, some of those little plasticky spiders they sell in the stores this month, that's great to put on there. You can do little drawings. You can print stuff off the internet. You can do it as a quote-unquote vision board and put at the top, alter to my fears. So you're gonna use all the images of your fears and the traumas, the stuff that you can process safely on your own, work with a mental health therapist on the ones that you need help with that you can't do on your own. Um, So make sure that that component is included as well. And I used to say if you need it, but personally I think everybody needs it, especially at this point in life and the stage of the world and politics, everybody needs a mental health therapist if we want to we want to live well (laughs) so you're going to go through you're going to assemble all your pieces all your images you're going to set everything up either as a diorama in a cardboard box like elementary school you can do it on poster board like we did for the science fairs in high school Um, or you can just have a table where you set objects out that remind you of those fears and of those traumas and the idea is you pick a time every day to go sit at that altar to light a candle <clears throat> and to talk with each one of those representations. You're going to voice your fear. You're going to voice the trauma. You're going to give a voice to the deep, dark, creepy, spider-webby corners of your mind, your heart, and your soul. And your the whole the whole idea of this process is that in talking about it, you're taking your power back. You're reclaiming. you're reclaiming your power so that you're not giving it over to these fears. You're not handing it over to these traumas. I'm not going to say any about, thing about this, you know, that it's going to be easy. There are simple surface fears. There are deep traumas. There are things nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to shine in the light of day or under the full moon even. So it takes courage to do this work. It is necessary work. If you need helpers, you bring in helpers. If you can't do it by yourself, don't do it by yourself. But building this altar to your fears, taking the time to light the candle, to sit down, to talk about it, to voice it, is so, so important. When my kids were little, their fears were Monsters under the bed and in the closet. So we get little monster images. And they would make friends with their monsters. And that was how they combated their fears, the childhood fears, as they made friends with the monsters. I know as an adult woman, the trauma that occurs with women who've made it to adulthood, <clears throat> I think asking us to, to, be, to befriend our fears and befriend our traumas is probably going a step a little too far. Um, I know with what I have endured in life, if someone came and said, oh, make friends with this, make friends with that, I'd be like, I don't think so, F you, go away. Uh, But you still have the the same premise of talking about it and reclaiming your own power. And you can bring in your own religious and spiritual backgrounds when you do this work. You know, who are your deities of strength? Um, What is your religion that you are exemplifying at this point in your life? And you can bring these images to your altars as well. You know, it's, is there a certain perfume that when you breathe it in, you feel good, you feel better, you feel calm, a scent, an essential oil, um, an incense. These are things you also want to include on your altar. It's not just about building an altar to your fears you also have to bring in the elements bring in the elements of what's going to help you get through those fears you know what part of our mental health therapy what part is our deity and our faith and our spiritualism what part is family and social ties and you can arrange it as feels right to you on the table or the board or your little diorama box you know some ideas some ideas just ideas um, you can put your images of strength in the back and up higher to show that these are gonna help you conquer I oh don't, I don't like the word conquer over these are gonna help you work through and work with and Live through your traumas. These are the pieces. Sorry, I got distracted by a blue jay. We have a very plump blue jay that landed outside saying, where's my bird seed? It's snowy and it's cold and I want an easy meal. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So you can put them so they're up higher and they're in the back. You can put them so that they are in the front. Um, to show that this is really first and foremost what stands with you, is your images of power, these beings of power, your family and community connections of power, and not the fear and the trauma. Um, You can divvy up, you know, we put the trauma on the left side, we put our support system on the right side. You know, do what feels right to you. That's the most important part. You, if you have a little diorama, you can act out a little scene, you know. I try to take the violence out of the scenes. You know, you don't want to see Buddha stamping out a spider, you know. You don't want to see Christ coming along and crucifying your demons. That's, that's, that's not the route that I'm talking about here. I'm talking about, you know, do this in a peaceful way. You will thank me for it later. But to show that, you know, you can act out a little scene, a little play in your diorama if you're going that route. There's a lot of different ways you can do this. Get a circle of girlfriends together. You guys can all come and do this together at someone's house. You can work on your little dioramas and your little boxes or your poster boards together. You can talk about stuff together. You can let your incense do your meditations together. You can end with a power song. You can end with rosary prayers. You can end with numerous gospels, gospel songs. You can do it from any pantheon. You can do it from any religious background. You don't need to do it alone. Bring your girlfriends together. Um, if you don't have any, go out and make some friends. Obviously, this is not the first thing you're just going to say at the get together hey, let's do this. You know, Build some rapport first, build some trust, but this is the idea. Build that altar to your fears, bring in your community, know what your support is, do not forget your faith. So the first part of this podcast, we talked a lot about what to do for physical healing for women, and that all of that ties into our emotional and spiritual healing, and it does. And then we've got some performance poetry in there. To kind of be like, okay, this is giving a voice to the experience in a way that's artistic and meaningful, gets the point across without it sounding so uh, woe is me, I guess. And transforming the pain and the experience into something that can help other women to not feel alone, that can help other women in our community. And that this podcast has definitely been very women based and for a reason. So, next up is our power song. Stay tuned because this is the song that is going to lift us up. It's going to drop some of those buoys on our hot air balloons. We can lift up higher and feel lighter, to feel enlightened and to give us energy and action and purpose to bring healing to ourselves and to the world. And to remember that this is a framework that you can use to create your own power song. You can do this. Born of the sun, the wind and rain, fire and earth, you sang me. Jaguar gives me my power, Medicine to heal Balance to bring My world into harmony Remember my mother who sang me Remember the stars who made me Remember my power Let the great spirit guide me Little big medicine wheel. Little big medicine wheel. Born of the sun, the wind and rain. Fire and earth you made me. Wise bear gives me my power. Medicine to heal. Balance to bring my world into harmony. Remember my mother who made me. Remember the stars who sang me. Remember my power, let the great spirit guide me. Little, big, Medicine bear, little big medicine bear, born of the sun, the wind, and rain, fire and earth, you sang me. Owl Spirit gives me my power, medicine to heal, balance to bring my world into harmony. Remember my mother who sang me. Remember the stars who made me. Remember my power. Let the great spirit guide me. Little big spirit Little big spirit too. Born of the sun, the wind and rain, fire and earth. You made me Dear heart gives me my power Medicine to heal Balance to bring My worlds into harmony Remember my mother who made me Remember the stars who sang me Remember my power Let the great spirit guide me Little big dear heart Little big dear heart Thank you for joining us today. To show your support, please click on the donation button. Even $4.99 a month goes a long way when the few become many. Until next time, this has been Isabella and Mr. Figgles at Dandelion Roots Art Studio and Podcast.